0: Welcome to Brand With Podcast. I am your host, Ivan Estrada. In this podcast, we will be discussing all things branding and marketing, from fashion to design, real estate, entertainment, tech, philanthropy, and much more. Nothing is off the table. We will have guests from all over the world to give you a global perspective on branding and marketing. Our goal is to dissect as many branding and marketing experts to get you all thinking about your brand by providing motivation and inspiration for you. Thank you all for listening and let's roll. Hello and welcome back to Brand With Podcast. Today's guest is a certified genius as he completed his BA from UCLA, his MBA from the UCLA Anderson, his JD from Columbia Law School, and his PhD from UC's Berkeley's Haas School of Business. The academic research he did for his PhD focused on integrating economic theory with social psychology and other behavioral sciences to examine human behavior that deviates from traditional economic theory. He then spent some time as a corporate transactional attorney at Gibson, Dunn & Crutcher before working as an advisor to governments and multinational organizations on policies to stimulate entrepreneurship and on developing educational curriculum that targets better alignment between what is taught at schools and what is demanded by the economy of
1: the future. Welcome, Parham Halequie. What's up, man? How's it going? Hello, Ivan. Ivan. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you. Heard a lot of great things about you as well, and and it's great to finally at least connect uh, virtually with you. Absolutely.
0: And let me tell you, out of all the intros that I've ever had to make, that one was probably the most difficult. Well, by the way, you are you are a genius. I mean, you know, all these degrees, PhD, and and, and on top of that, I mean, I've seen some of your videos on social media. Like you're not just smart, but you're such a great communicator with people. And I could see your heart and your empathy and how you connect everything together. And I just love that. So I know that this is going to be a a great podcast.
1: Thank you, Ivan. That means a lot coming from you. Um, And um, I feel the same way about you. You speak with a lot of passion, a lot of heart. What you do is um, with a lot of just authenticity plus uh, joy which is, I think, a great, great combination. I think that just pulls people towards you. Awesome. Thank you so much for that comment.
0: Um, So, Tarham, I mean, there's so much about you that I just love. Obviously, amazing educational background, but you just have so much heart. And I saw a lot of your videos on social media. You're so impressive. Um, And obviously, I I just read your bio, but I want a little bit more about you from you to our audience. So tell me a little bit more about your journey.
1: Hmm. Um, Well, I think I came at things really in my head, analyzing things, using my brain and thinking that my way to navigate the world was through thinking, through critical thinking. And that can get you far in certain areas, but I think it has a limit. There's a point at which then you really need to tap into things that are a bit more, it's less tangible, but to really, you can come up with brilliant ideas and great knowledge, but if you can't share it, if you can't connect with people, I think it's wasted. Um, I think it stays within yourself. And I see that a lot in academia. Brilliant professors, they have so much knowledge to share, and yet it remains confined to the halls of the university in the academic journals or things they share with other colleagues. But to be able to take that, that brilliant insight and bring it home to people where they can use it, I feel like that was often, that was missing. And so I think, um, I think the knowledge gets you so far. And then it's about, okay, how do I take this? and make this interesting and captivating? How do I get people's attention so that they can make use of this? That's such a great point. Because look, honestly, even like
0: personally, like there's so much going on in my head and there's so much that, you know, I've learned along the way where sometimes it's hard for me to put it on a piece of paper, to put it on a blog, to put it on a video, Mm -hmm. um, even though it's swirling in my head and I know exactly what I'm thinking and what I can share and the value that I could provide. But sometimes it's just... It's trapped, right? And mm-hmm. how how can someone who, like what you said, a professor or an entrepreneur, a business owner who has a lot to offer, how can they facilitate that from communicating that, like their value proposition, for example?
1: Yeah, it's it's. I think um, it's challenging. It's the part that's not taught well either. You know, there's some things. You know, when I've been in school, there's things they teach really well, and then there's things they don't. We never really learned about how do you best communicate these ideas to someone who doesn't have your knowledge, who doesn't have your training. And so I think it begins with, if I was going to say one paramount quality that gets you to, okay, I have this great idea. I know there's something here and I want to share it, but I can't figure out how to crystallize that into something that I can write or, or, or speak that will help share it with others. I think it begins with empathy. So you'll have like this vast amount of knowledge about Real estate and branding in your head, you know so much much more than the people you're probably communicating too often. and this is called the curse of knowledge. They actually study this where it's really difficult to conceive of a world before you knew what you knew. So that's what's missing often I think with teachers or experts is they're so steeped in everything that they know, this ocean of knowledge that they've spent years in, and now they've got to relay this to someone for whom this is new. This is a brand new area. How do you make it interesting for them? A university student walks in. And they're curious about this, but they don't have your knowledge. And, and to each, to the audience that you're talking to, it really needs to be tailored to them. So a graduate student should receive the information differently than someone who's an eighth grader or to someone who has just no interest at all in the field. That takes a little bit more work. Then you've got to come up with a story or become a little bit more creative. How can I find, basically, it's trying to see the world through their eyes. That's the first step, I think, um, to any audience. And that's an individual. Or it could be, you know, an audience of people, a classroom of people. Um, what are they thinking? What's in their head? And so I think that's, that's the first step, I would say, is empathy. Um, the next piece to me is really listening, which is going to sound weird for communication, but it's, I think, being really, really present and taking in fully everything that they're giving you. And again, that could be an individual you're having a conversation with or you're negotiating a deal with. Um, or it could be an audience. You've spoken, you've done a lot of public speaking. Once you get acclimated with that experience, you start to feel things like there's even if you're really, really present, you'll sense that, oh, they're getting bored or, oh, like that. There's even different, I would say, silences. There's a silence where they're really paying rapt attention. They're with you. And then there's the silence where it's drifting and you got to pull them in. So listening is really important. Just fully, completely taking in everything there. And that's just not about, you know, listening to the words because sometimes the words are actually misleading. They'll be saying something but you'll notice because of something in their eyes or or some hesitation that they're, they're not fully confident about that. Or they'll say something and their eyes light up. You're like, okay, they're really excited about that. Let's, let's push further. So it's taking in fully everything that they're giving you. I think that's really important in communication as well. And
0: so, I mean, that, that opens me up to a couple of questions because with the first two, I mean, as you know, as a growing entrepreneur, the first one that you said was, you know, stepping into your audience's shoes, right? And you mentioned it as empathy, which I honestly had never thought of it in that way, which I actually absolutely love. Because when I, when I'm thinking of empathy is like, oh, you know, care for others, get in their shoes. But I was, I'm thinking about other situations of like, you know, actual, okay, something just happened to this person, get in their shoes. But when you're educating someone, right, you know, so much of that knowledge and information that you need to be empathetic to the fact that this person doesn't know what you know, right. Mm -hmm. And and you need to teach it in a way where it's going to relate, right. Where it's going to hit home, where it's actually going to make a change instead of actually losing someone completely and being empathetic to me
1: was like, Oh my God, that's so true. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, and I'll follow up. I'll take it even a step further. I would say you even should be empathetic when you're communicating with your adversary. I hate to use the word adversary, but let's say someone you're negotiating with and it's a battle right? So you're in a legal case and, and you need to really, the more you can understand exactly what their motivations are, what their fears are. You know, often you'll be negotiating with someone who they, they have to win. And you know that, that's empathy because you're able to understand the world from their eyes. It doesn't necessarily have to be sympathy where you're doing something in a very compassionate way. It should be that most of the time, hopefully. But sometimes you'll be dealing with someone where it really is just about, okay, let me try to get into what they care about most. And then you can be more likely to succeed in the negotiation or get an outcome that you want, so empathy I think plays a role even in you know diplomatic negotiations with countries. I think you have to really be okay. This world leader is he wants to be my friend or she wants to be my friend. Let me give them that, or uh, you know they want a sense that they've they they've won the deal and they've they've pulled one of, Well, make them feel that. Make them experience that. Give them that, and that's okay too. So um, I think empathy is critical to every type of communication in any context I can think of.
0: I love that. That's I mean I uh, listeners pay attention. Empathy is the key to whatever you want. It's empathy. You've got to be empathetic, guys. Um and let me ask you about number 2 because you know this is also something that I still have to deal with and I have to catch myself and I think a lot of this comes through awareness is you know like for example, right now we're having a conversation. We're having yeah. a podcast. And I sometimes think I'm listening, right? I'm paying attention to what you're saying because I'm hoping to find something that I can then either ask another question or show you how I relate. But then at the same time, I'm trying to catch it, right? Or I'm trying to think of the next question. And I always think I'm listening, but then, you know, there's, there's times when I, when I'm actually not. So how can someone who thinks that they're listening, how can they really, really, you know, engulf themselves in that? Because for example, I tell people all the time, I'm like, I have so much ADD, like I'm here, I'm there, I'm everywhere. And especially when it comes to listening, I think I'm a good listener, but in reality, you know,
1: I'm, I'm here, I'm neither here nor there. So how can someone become a better listener? Mm-hmm. I didn't hear anything you just said. I wasn't, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I couldn't help myself, Ivan. It was right there. The joke was right there. I just um, bet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I love how honest and transparent you're being about this. Cause I think most people will not do that. They'll say, oh, I'm a great listener. People all presume they are good listeners and to sort of own the fact that we're all endeavoring to be better at it i think is really key um because it's so natural to be thinking of the next thing we all have mental chatter and and things that are i have it all the time and and kind of shutting that down a little bit and being able to be fully fully mindful and present and it's not just obviously listening is one component of it is taking in what they're giving you fully really really paying attention um noticing things that maybe other people wouldn't because they're thinking about the future or thinking about what they have to have for lunch later or thinking about what they're going to say next is usually what people are focused on. Um, I think it's um, really, it comes down to, I think part of it is I remember when I struggled with this most, it's when I wanted to prove something to others or I wanted to show how smart I was, or I wanted to show that I'm, I wanted to make the next witty fun comment. And as and I probably did it today, it, it happens, we do it. And it's the more we can sort of let go of, like, just have self-awareness and, and the, the self-confidence that I, I don't need to prove anything. The more you come out of yourself, the more you can be present with what's happening outside. So I think the more we're, like, comfortable with what's happening within, the more we can be present with what's happening without outside. And I've, I've heard you talk about meditation, mindfulness, and these practices that you've integrated into your life. Um, I've tried to as well. It's been a struggle. It's a real struggle for me. Um, But even making a modicum of improvement in being present, being mindful, has huge benefits. There's some things where even if you make a tiny improvement, because sometimes people are like, "I want to reach the destination." People who are very like Taipei goal oriented are like, "I want to be enlightened." It's like, good luck. That's (laughs) that's a process. small journey, yeah. Yeah, and even if you make a small improvement, it has huge benefits. So with the listening, it's really, I think, to me, what it leads with is if we can feel the like, have curiosity. Like, I really want to know what makes this person tick. Curiosity can over, you had to overpower another emotion with a bigger emotion to me. So this emotion of like wanting to prove yourself or win the argument or make the witty comment um, can be overtaken by, I'm just so curious to see what this person gives to me. One other tool I would say, which is going to sound weird, but it's um, improv comedy is really big on um, being completely present and having no notion of what's coming next. You have no expectation of what you're going to say. You're just completely reacting to what the other person is giving you and trusting your intuition. So conversations at their best, you don't know what's coming next. You're being surprised by it, but you're fully, fully like just trusting your intuition, trusting your gut that it will flow in the way that it should and allow yourself to be surprised. The more we come with our our, our scripts, I think the worse off we are, the worse we are at really getting something out of the conversation. Yeah and you're right because look
0: at, at the end of the day well, like the word that kept echoing in my head right now it's like my ego right like, so my ego wants the the listener to make to to let them know that I'm educated that I'm smart that I did my research right and that's kind of when I lose track of what I actually want to say and and I lose the fact of me actually being here present because I'm I'm thinking steps ahead of oh, what are they thinking? Uh, did I get that answer right? Did I ask the right question? Did I get the right follow-up question? And you know, I think it's sometimes the ego for me, I mean, personally, and I've heard this from other people, that stops us from being present, right? It's that fear of yeah. being sometimes even vulnerable in all honesty.
1: Absolutely, I, I agree with that completely, yes.
0: Um, yeah, so, let me you, um... so let me ask you a couple of questions, You know, I've heard this from different parties, oh, I'm a great communicator. Oh, I'm a bad communicator, right? I'm a great listener. I'm not that great of a listener. To those who think that they're not great listeners or great communicators, I mean, this is something that can be taught, right? Because there's a lot of people who have a fixed mindset that like, oh, I just, that's just the way I am. That's how I was raised or that's how I've been wired, right? Is that true or is this something that, you know, they can actually work on to be better communicators, better Mm -hmm. listeners?
1: So I'm going to give you a, the, the answer that, that I hate that lawyers give, which is it's both. Uh, both are true. Uh, they always sort of evade sticking to uh, having something with conviction. But I'm going to, it's true in the following sense, though. I think, um, I think for, for some people, it is generally easier, right? They have an easier time being great communicators. They're a little bit more, the empathy sort of uh, aspect of their, their, their psyche is maybe a little bit stronger. They're just able to take in more from the world. Uh, maybe they have less anxiety. So they're able to be more present. I mean, there's certain qualities that make it easier, but it absolutely can be taught. So I am I, adamant about this. I'm, I'm big on sort of just carrying around the growth mindset and everything that we do, because I think we underestimate how much we can grow, how much we can evolve, especially if there's consistency over the long run. So we, I think, overestimate what we can do in a day. I always have a calendar that I, every day that I'm like, well, I didn't get to everything. I, I, I keep, I keep falling for it. But we underestimate what we can do in a year if we stick with something. So I think there can be a lot of growth and um, a lot of tools. So I think with great communication, just to say this is going to sound very abstract, but it's about addition and subtraction. There's things that we can add, which is tools um, that I think can be very helpful. And, um, and just basic sort of foundational ideas and premises on like what we do. I mean, some of it is just kind of like theoretical and some of it is just practices where you got to sort of put yourself out there and fake it till you make it. So it's, it's it's addition that way and there, there's subtraction it's just blocks things that get in the way um we we often are our own worst enemy when we're like we're overthinking and you know, people who are often intelligent have this problem that's why i think professors experts tend to be poor communicators they're very analytical and that's obviously a strength it benefits you in many ways but it can be something that is negative when it comes to communication because you're you're overanalyzing always even when you're supposed to be fully fully present so it, it definitely can be taught. Can it be taught in the next few minutes? I would say that's tough. But the goal to me is, and I would say of the like three pillars of good communication, um, if it's empathy listening, I'd say the third big one to me that I would um, focus on is authenticity. The goal is to find your voice, your real authentic voice. I think that's often what's, what people that are communicating poorly are imitating someone else. They're, they're, they're doing what they think Um, a strong negotiator should do, or what a great public speaker should do, would just be really loud and boastful. Your goal, every communicator has a style that's unique to them. you got to find that voice, which seems really easy. Be yourself seems like the most obvious and easy thing. It's actually probably the most challenging because we're all wearing these costumes. We're all presenting ourselves to the world in the way that we think we should. It's about peeling away all those layers of, of what we've sort of done to um, be loved and accepted to find our true, true voice deep down. Once you find that, um, I think that's when you have something really like valuable to give to the world. And um, I think I've seen sometimes like, my brother actually, when I was working as a lawyer, he's like, he would call me and he'd be like, is this your work voice or your real voice? Because he literally saw, there was a difference between my voice at work and my voice at home or my voice everywhere else. And I noticed it too. I hadn't noticed that I do that. I think the goal should be, you bring those two together. Your voice on stage is your voice off stage. That's, I think, the best communicators, the most brilliant communicators. Uh, those two things are not so so separate. Obviously, you might bring out certain aspects of yourself in different contexts, but it's still fundamentally you. Yeah, that's such a good point because I, you know, I
0: the voice that I have when I do certain videos to the voice that I have now, I catch myself. It's a different voice. I don't know why. I think it's because of you know, watching certain other people's videos or ha- trying to have that newscaster voice and because mm. it commands attention, right? Um, but you're so right about that with authenticity. And, you know, I think obviously that takes time. I actually, I have my first TED Talk September 25th um, out here in Riverside. And oh, it's about nice. branding. Um, and, you know, it's about finding your authenticity in your personal branding and, and actually being comfortable with who you are and, and the process of what it takes to get comfortable, right? Because what you said, I think, with communication, you know, it's about practicing and getting comfortable and most importantly, getting comfortable with yourself and who you are as a person. And like you said, having the same voice that you have on stage is the same voice I'm getting here right now, which gives me that level of comfort of this is you, you know, this is Barham. This is, this this is not a different version that he's giving me right
1: now. He's giving me a hundred percent. Yeah, there's I, I, I love. It's Miles Davis. He said, it took me years and years and years to learn how to play like myself, right? So wow. it, it's, it is kind of a journey. It is a process. So finding that authentic voice, and here's why it's so important. It's one thing, I think we have like this, you call it a sixth sense or whatever. We sense it when someone's being authentic. We just know it, we feel it, and it's captivating. Is what I mean, like it doesn't, you don't need to be a big boastful public speaker or, or anything that you see out there. If you're completely authentically you, it's your voice, people will be drawn to you. And it might be very introverted and subdued, but I've seen people that come out and they're really, there's, there's like the shyness about them, but they're captivating. Or you see people that are like, you would think, who would like this? They're like a grump. They're complaining. They're negative, like stand-up comedians that are like just out there complaining. And you're just like, you're, you love them you, because it's authentic. It's, it's, it's authentic. So it's the most captivating thing about you is your authentic voice. I love that. And so for communication,
0: because, you know, I think that's something that's very important that, you know, moving forward as we develop new ways to communicate, right? Because, you know, at one point, you know, we just had a phone and then from phone, we had email and then we got text messages. And then now we have Zoom and we have all these sorts of type, different types of communication for the young entrepreneur or, or the everyday person. What type of communication do you think that we really need to strengthen and really get good at so that we can be successful, not just in business, but in life for the next, let's say, 20 to 30 years?
1: Hmm. I mean, I think in terms of like the medium, I, I think video is really, really important in the sense because you're, you're seeing a complete person. You're able to really connect with people. I think that is inherently the most captivating thing there is. And the fact that it's so accessible and it's so easy to just view people and connect, I think that's the fastest way to form a connection with someone. Think of like movie stars, right? Um, we feel like we know them or, or like, you know, uh, people that we see on TV frequently, newscasters, or it, you feel like you know them. You feel like you've really, and I think that's, it's a very intimate form of communication. So I think that in terms of the medium, that I think is one to really, really, I think, put emphasis on because it's just the fastest way for people to really get to know you. And it's, I think, the most vulnerable, <laughs> I would say. I mean, it's, you know, if you're writing something, you could really craft it and curate it and make it just the way you want it, package it, edit it. You're not quite as vulnerable as you are when you're on video. When you're on video, especially if it's up close, it's why they always say like there's a difference between like theater acting and like camera acting. Theater was much bigger and boastful. The emotions were big. With camera acting, it's, they notice all the subtleties. If you feel it, they're going to see it. If you feel a moment of doubt, they're going to see it in your eyes in video. So I think it's the most vulnerable, um, but it's also the most intimate. Yeah. And and I'm just going to throw a little shameless plug for my
0: course, Brand with Video, which is on brandwith.com, which is exactly why I created it. Because mm-hmm. I've been doing video for the last 14 years. And yes, it's helped me with expanding my brand and getting myself out there. And it's helped with my public speaking. But being vulnerable on, on camera and in front of a video week after week, it, there's, it strengthened other things about myself like as a leader as a speaker as a writer as a storyteller as uh, much better when it comes to persuading with selling i mean with video like you said it's you don't really get to craft what 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 happens right it's like you shoot it all right let's go let's send it out this is this is me to the well hopefully to the hundredth percent let's send it out and see what happens right and like i i love that you said that because i i feel the same way you know it's video for all of us I mean you get to see, you get to and again it's like right now I've I've never met you, but I feel like you're sitting in front of me and I get this really a good feeling, right? Like I get that feeling from when I get when I'm sitting in front of someone. And I'm getting it right now, even though we're, you
1: know, in complete different places. Right, yeah. And I yeah, I completely agree. Um and then there is like something even more that you get when you're just sitting face to face with someone, which I think I have to sort of add that to it. I feel like that's been I miss that when I don't have. Like, I hope we'll have a chance to meet in person because I think there is a different type of connection. The video connection is the next best thing. It's the next right. best thing, and it's, you if you want it. to, also, like, yeah,
0: and,
1: yeah, and if you want to interact and engage with with masses with lots and lots of people, that's the best way to do it. There's no way to get them all in a room and have that intimate conversation with them. It's weird with video. You can have an intimate conversation with thousands of people or hundreds yeah. of thousands people, whatever. Million. So you're having an intimate face-to-face conversation with, in the same way that a movie star, you'll see this giant screen and you'll see someone's face and you're able to sense so much of them. And you're having that intimate moment with millions. So video allows for that. But I personally do really miss the sort of just the one-to-one, two people looking at each other in the face and having a conversation. I think a lot, that's something we all need, I think. Yeah, there's connection. nothing like
0: human connection. I mean, there's, there's no way to replicate that.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to switch it up a
0: little bit because this is something that I've been you know, that I've had conversations with young kids that are in college or about to go into college or who have graduated college and they're trying to figure out, okay, I just, I learned a bunch of stuff, right? I got a little bit of everything. I majored in business or I majored in, you know, social sciences or math or whatever it is. Okay. Now what? Right. Cause there's yeah. a lot of things that we don't learn in school. Like I went to USC and I loved it. I learned so much,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: at the end of the day, the things that I've applied now to my business and to my life, I mean, not a lot of it came from school other than learning how to, you know, I think for me, it was like having a system and being open. I mean, college for me really opened up my mind to different possibilities and different perspectives, which I think was incredibly valuable for me. But what's, what's missing there? I think for, for, for people who are trying to succeed in life from what they learn in school to, how the w- world works now?
1: Yeah, yeah, I love that question. So I, I think um, my theory, I think a lot about, about education because I think it is really curriculum development. It's something I think a lot about. I do think there's a huge gap between what we teach and what's needed in the world. And even if you look at the word education, the educ means to evoke, to bring out. So it's, it shouldn't be about like this empty vessel that you just fill with information and then hope they go out into the world and use it. It's about bringing out what they are, bringing out what this person is, so that it evokes the unique strengths that they have. So that should be, I think, the aim. And we should be thinking of it more that way. I know it's a little bit idealistic, but I think that should be what the emphasis should be from the educator's perspective. Now, for those who are in school, I think um, you're absolutely right. There's so much that's that's missing in in terms of, you know, and we see it. I see people that have, are highly, highly educated at the best schools, and they just don't have life skills. They're not happy. They don't get fulfillment from their lives. So what's missing? Because isn't that what we really want? I mean, ultimately think of like um, your student or, or you know, know, let's say your child. What do you want? You want them to just be filled with knowledge and, but be unhappy and unfulfilled and not live a life of meaning and not have great relationships. I mean, we ultimately want to, we're developing human beings. And so I think To me, there's like the three R's of education, reading, writing, arithmetic, which I hate Um, to think of education in that way. But I have like three C's, three C's that I think are missing. Um, I know it's cheeky, but I, you know, it'll help, helps me remember it. Um, The first one is critical thinking. So, and this one sounds kind of boring, but you just, we're not really good. The world we live in now, we're just flooded with information. Um, We are awash in information and being able to navigate what's true, what's not, and It's sort of an opportunity. I mean, if you think about it, decades ago, someone said there's this little device you carry around with you that has the world's information. The library of the world is in here. We imagine we must be brilliant. We must be so knowledgeable. Like presidents and world leaders couldn't have something like that. And we all have it. But it's not. And the reason is we're not able to sift through the noise and get the signal to get what's really useful and meaningful out of it. Um, Especially when what we do when we navigate the internet is we're always someone selling us something. So being able to navigate through the noise and get to what really matters I think critical thinking is essential to doing that well. It's not taught well in schools. It's taught effectively in law school. Um, I remember the first day of law school, my the professor that I really admired to stepped up and said, "We're not going to teach you the law. We're going to teach you to think." And I remember thinking, like, I already know how to think. I don't need that. What do you? I was so upset. I was like, "We teach me the law. That's what I'm here for. We're paying all this money." But I realized that's the most important tool. That's the tool you can carry with you in every question that you have in life, whether it's how to deal with this relationship or how to like deal with this uh, this business deal that I have to encounter. So critical thinking is one. Two is creativity. Um, I think it's really, really important to be able to think creatively about how to use the knowledge that you have in new ways, in fresh ways, to have the courage to explore and experiment. Um, I think we are at our highest form when we're creating. I think it's when we're happiest, most fulfilled. And that's something that there isn't really often a blueprint for, and that's why it's not taught in schools. But to be able to create environments in which students are allowed to be creative is really important. The educational system, there's a lot of rigidity in it. Everything is very standardized. And so creativity is the one thing that is lost. I see people that are brilliant students. They go to the best schools. But when you, the moment you ask them to do something that's a little bit outside of the box, a little bit creative, where they have to go off script, they struggle. So creativity is huge. It's difficult to teach, but it's critically important. Um, And the third one is just communication, which we've been talking about a lot. But that's also something that's sort of indirectly, you learn it in school, but it's not really a point of emphasis. And I think the most vital skill to do well in any career is how you interact with others. When you're talking about how to develop your brand or your business, it's about understanding the people receiving your message, your potential customers. That to me is about communication or even let's call it compassion mm-hmm. that, that, that ability to understand okay what do what do they what do they need what's a need that's out there when i'm developing my product i need to be able to understand a how to communicate that to others and also to be to be able to sort of this is again the empathy piece we talked about earlier to be able to understand what it is that they're seeing not just what i'm saying what's being heard um so i think communication so those three c's i think are taught poorly in schools and they're critically important
0: I love that. The three C's. There's so much, (laughs) there's so much information that you've given me today that like, I'm sure the listener is gonna, I mean, guys, this is a podcast you want to listen to again, because personally, I mean, I love the three C's because I think I a hundred percent agree with you in school. Like for me, it was, there wasn't much critical thinking involved. There was a lot of memorization, right? I did a lot of that creativity. I'm a very creative person. I didn't have that ability in school. Because you have to fit within a certain regimen. There was a box that you had to fit in that if you don't fit in this box, then this isn't for you, right? Which is totally not true, right? There's different ways of how we learn and and having that creativity to figure out what works for you, right? Because at the end of the day, being successful, like you said, it's all about fulfillment. And everyone gets fulfilled in very different ways, right? Everyone is not the same you know, we don't all have like that same equation that's going to give us that happiness and fulfillment that we're all seeking, right? That purpose Um, and the communication, right? You could be the smartest guy on the planet, have the most knowledge, but if yeah. you don't know how to communicate that message with others, right? Because at the that's end true. of the day, it's people, right? We're all people. And if you can't communicate that message, then it gets lost in translation. And, you know, then what was, what was the point of that? What was the point Absolutely. of knowing all that information? I think that's great. And just, the empathy. I love that. I, for me personally, I mean, that's something that I learned not too long ago was, you know, when you go on stage, who's the audience, right? Who are the people that I'm speaking? I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking with like, uh, alongside with you. So let me see what I can do to make sure that whatever I'm here to teach mm-hmm. and, and here to connect that we are on the same wavelength, right? Cause I don't want to be here and you down here and you get it, like you get the information that I'm giving you, but it's not relatable, right? And if it's not relatable, you're not going to put action to it. And it's like, it just went down the toilet, right?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's, such a great point. Um, they, There was a, a person, like an entertainer, basically the most important thing about standup comedy or entertainment of any sort is your connection with the audience. So yeah. that's first and foremost, it's not about the, the joke you wrote and, and it's being, really, really present. And I'm sure you've experienced this, but something will happen that was unexpected, uh, technical malfunction or, or a loud noise or just something. And there's two different responses to that. Some speakers will just kind of stay on their script, keep going as if nothing happened. Others will kind of, will acknowledge it, especially if it's something that's on the, you can tell this is on the minds of your audience. They're feeling it, they're thinking something. The moment you acknowledge it, they, now you've built a deeper connection. Because they're like, oh, wow, that, that person is not, he's really here. She's really here. They're not just reading their script. They're not saying what they memorized before. They're, they're with us. And I think that just requires being fully, fully present with exactly what's happening and not being fearful of the surprises. Like you should embrace the surprises. A lot of yeah. I think poor communicators, I've seen this in professors, the moment something veers off their sort of predetermined path, mm-hmm. they get anxiety and they just stick with what they already said was their plan. And I think entrepreneurs are much better at this. They're much more flexible and malleable to, okay, this is what's happening now. Let's roll, let's go in this direction, you know, right. and not being afraid of that.
0: I love that. Yeah. Especially someone like me who likes control sometimes, right? We want to <laughs> control things we can't control. It's embrace the surprises. And you know, that's, that's such a, that's some, I should get that mantra, like, like put up on my wall, just embrace the surprises. Cause you know, I do have that entrepreneur mindset because yes. that's who I am. But at the same time, I'm also a CPA, right? So, Yes. Things are not going in a certain order in a certain way sometimes, and my brain's like, "Uh, oh, oh,
1: hold on, hold on. This is this is not this is not in line with what we practiced and what we did, what we said we we're going to do." Um, Ivan, make that sign for me as well because I need the same one. I'm exactly the same. I I love control, and that's like everything I did prior. This is the reason I'm saying a lot of these things is these were like profound lessons for for me, because I I hated it. I hated the surprise. I wanted to stick with what I knew, and yet I've realized there's so much. Um, Meaning and joy, you can give to your audience by just rolling with the, uh, the the things that you didn't see coming. Which is, by the way, all of life. Life is always going to hit you with tons and tons of surprises. So right. yeah, I need that same sign. <laughs> I'll well, I'll get one made and I'll,
0: you, I'll send you another. I'll get a couple because I feel like there's a couple of people in my life who need that <laughs> as well. I'll get them in bulk. Well, nice. Farham, this has been amazing. Is there anything else that you would like to plug or anything that you that I didn't ask you that you would really want to discuss because i mean i can talk to you all day there's so much knowledge there and on top of that you're a real person right not not that that really helps like for me that it just made this podcast a lot easier we're just literally just having a conversation and and at yeah. the same time i'm learning having a blast and really getting to know the authentic you
1: yeah no no i've enjoyed this so much too nothing comes to mind uh, i really enjoyed the discussion and we covered a lot of ground i thought and um, great to connect with you, Ivan. That was, that's the best thing for me is I was able to, to connect with you and have a great conversation. I felt the same way. This didn't feel like a, uh, an episode of a podcast. It just felt like a fun conversation. Yeah. With that voice of like, welcome to my podcast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> As I get into the voice, watch. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of brand with podcasts. You can learn more about Parham by following him on his Instagram or Twitter at P hollow or you can find the links to his pages in this episode's description. Don't forget to share and rate this podcast if you found value from it.
1: And check out thebrandwith.com for all of your branding and marketing needs. Ivan, you rock, man. You're you're just a good human being.
0: Thank you all again for listening to this episode. For more information on branding and marketing, check out our ecosystem on brandwith.com. You can also find more tips by signing up for our newsletter that's not boring or by following us on social media. If you're looking to get featured on this podcast to discuss your branding or marketing needs, Find out how to do so on our website as well. Can't wait for you to brand with us again.